Not sure if Mr. Rob Higgins has gotten any sleep at all since the epic SEC men's basketball tournament that was here in Tampa, March 9th to the 13th. What a tournament it was. Welcome, everybody, to the Game Day Everyday Podcast. This is our third episode. We are off and running. I am Ryan Bass. That is Mr. Rob Higgins. Uh, Rob, it was so much fun having the SEC in town, especially getting a chance to, to hang out with some of the SEC fans and all of those that traveled to Tampa Bay. Man, what a blast that tournament was. It was awesome. I mean, we had such great games, but the the fans were fantastic. This was eight years in the making. Um, while we hadn't hosted since 2009, we actually were awarded the event for 2022 in, in 2014. So plenty of time to prepare. We tried to do everything we could to really roll out the carpet for fans. We got a lot of positive feedback on the signage around town, uh, around um, everything that went into the event. And it was awesome. I think the results really speak for themselves. We ended up with 50,000 more fans than in 2009 across all 13 games. Friday and Saturday were sold out. Sunday was an awesome championship atmosphere. And, you know, first and foremost, we, we just want to thank the, the SEC. They were the, the ultimate partner in it. And then all of our team Tampa Bay partners were, were fantastic as well. Yeah, I mean, it was so much fun to see that tournament. There were upsets. There were buzzer beaters. There were high-flying dunks. You had Tennessee shooting threes like nobody's business and, and hoisting the, the SEC Tournament Championship trophy. Uh, you know, that Kentucky S- and, and uh, Tennessee game, by the way, because I got to see that in person on Saturday. Man, that was electric. I mean, I was telling you this before we started recording, like, I got goosebumps just sitting in there hearing Big Blue Nation, how loud they were. The Tennessee faithful came out and showed out on Sunday as well for the championship game. Shout out to Texas A&M that had a heck of a run in the SEC tournament. Like that vibe in there just reminded me of how much I love college basketball and how excited I am for March Madness. There's so many great comebacks. I mean, no, no team was ever out of it. If you left, if there was a few fans that left early, they ended up regretting it because teams would be down. 17, 18 points, and then just come back out of nowhere. I remember Florida obviously pushing it to, to overtime. Uh, that game was was fantastic. Uh, certainly Kentucky battled uh, throughout, but it, it was awesome. And I, I just want to say thank you again to the, the SEC. Uh, their entire staff was fantastic to work with throughout um, as a great partners to, to both us, the Sports Commission, as well as the arena. You know, Steve Greggs and his group did a fantastic job uh, really getting us ready. I think certainly the, the Raptors home games last year helped us bridge uh, the gap from not having had basketball in quite some time. And, and, I, and I think it just went, went really, really well. Our first guest on uh, today's episode, again, was the ultimate partner, the commissioner of the SEC, one of the most powerful and influential man, men in college athletics, but he's He's really down to earth, and he was an awesome uh, friend to us throughout, and he's going to continue to be a great friend to us uh, for many years to come. And I know you had a chance to sit down with him. Yeah, Commissioner Greg Sankey, Rob, was just an exceptional human being. I mean, let alone the power that he has and, uh, you know, how how he oversees uh, arguably the, the best conference in college athletics. But um, what a human he is. Uh, what a fantastic person. And we got an op- opportunity to catch up uh, during the SEC men's basketball tournament to talk about his experience in Tampa, how the fans were experiencing it, and 
if we're going to see more SEC events in the Bay Area. Commissioner Sankey, obviously it's been awesome to have the SEC Men's Basketball Tournament here in Tampa. Uh, what's been your impressions? I, you guys haven't been here since 2009. The city has certainly changed since then. So what have your impressions been with the tournament here in town? I remember in 2009, in front of the Marriott, there was a parking lot. And now there's a JW Marriott. And I think that's uh, just one little indicator of the transformation of, of the city. And it's been a great week, uh, the enthusiasm and and the feeling from our fans about having been here enjoying what was great weather up until the front came through and be great weather again tomorrow. Uh, so that's springtime in Florida, right? But uh, a lot of enthusiasm around being here. certainly helps when it's snowing right now at Bridgestone Arena and in Nashville, and you've got beautiful weather here, obviously. Tampa has responded really well. I mean, you can tell the vibe around town in the city. Big Blue Nation has been here a lot. What have you seen from talking to people and, and seeing the fans, how much they've embraced being here in Tampa? Uh, I walked out of the arena last night about 11, 11.30, and there was a trolley car full of basketball fans heading to Ybor City. I think that's called embracing. Um, this morning I was in a completely full restaurant for breakfast for Tennessee fans, Auburn fans, A&M fans, Arkansas fans, Kentucky fans. Uh, the, the joy of being able to be back together, uh, I, I don't think you can ignore or miss, miss that that hasn't happened since 2019. So it's, uh, it's been a fun experience for us. You know, it, it certainly has been awesome to see this conference grow as a basketball conference. Obviously known for how elite you are on the football field. But speak to just the talent level that we've seen because you have a number of tournament teams that will be hopefully, you know, raising a trophy or, or in contention to for March Madness. This conference has really grown as a basketball conference. It has, and that's a tribute to the leadership on our campuses, involving the right people, supporting the right facilities, having the right expectations. Uh, we've had just an incredibly competitive season, and you've seen it with, as we talk, Texas A&M's playing for the championship tomorrow. Uh, they had to start their, their competition on Thursday, uh, and so to play four straight days and, and to be successful on, on the first three of those is a tribute to the balance in the league, and uh, I think the success we saw in non-conference games, we got multiple wins over number one teams out of this league, top-ranked teams, that gives us an opportunity to play well into uh, March and, and hopefully have a few teams in New Orleans when it comes Final Four time. And the home record spoke for itself in terms of the talent this year on, on the home floor. In terms of Tampa, obviously you guys are going back to Nashville. You'll be there till 2030 and beyond. But how much has this city impressed you and how much would you love to see more SEC events here in the Tampa Bay area? Well, absolutely interested. And so Rob, Rob Higgins and I had that conversation a day ago about let's think creatively, what are the possibilities as we change as a league and as we've watched Tampa change as a city, and we've been here with the Outback Bowl, and we had the, the, the Gasparilla Bowl, we were here with the CFP National Championship game, we're here now. Um, how do we think creatively about opportunities between the two of us? And I look forward to those conversations. Boy, I always love hearing our good friend Greg Sankey, especially talk about uh, the potential for future events here in our hometown. I'll never forget two years ago, it's almost two years ago, uh, to today, standing in Nashville on the court with Commissioner Sankey uh, as he was working the phones and really the sports world um, was was getting ravaged by the pandemic in terms of cancellations and whatnot. And I gave him an, I gave him an awkward elbow bump, uh, told him good luck with everything. I actually ended up flying home because at that point in time, we were getting ready to host the NCAA tournament. And as I landed, I start, started to see all the cancellations take place, including the SEC tournament. Uh, Commissioner Sankey has posted 
a lot of his notes from those few days on his Twitter account. I would encourage listeners to check him out. It's a pretty cool inside look at what it was like over that uh, over that time frame. And now, you know, fast forward two years later and have gotten a chance to host the SEC tournament and have as many fans as we did. It was it was a really special moment. It was uh, it was really, really cool to see all of that culminate in the atmosphere and the environment at Amelie Arena for this week's SEC men's basketball tournament. It was great to catch up with Commissioner Sankey. But, you know, what was truly special, Rob, for you personally, was the opportunity for you to see your son Landon be a part of the SEC men's basketball tournament experience. Take me inside that, because I know you as obviously the head of the Tampa Bay Sports Commission, the executive director, you had a job to do. But you also personally uh, were smiling on the inside as your son got an opportunity to soak it all in as well. Oh, it was really cool. So Landon's 16 years old. Um, he has a passion for sports communication. Uh, he will talk sports with anybody that will listen. And uh, he's, he's an awesome kid, um, has, has done the right thing time and time again, and just really proud of him from that standpoint. And so uh, he had the opportunity to work in the SEC media relations um, office as a student assistant. Basically, each of the schools from around the SEC got to send one student. Uh, so these were all college kids with the exception of, of Landon. And it became a pretty tight-knit group. Uh, they all had different functions. He was a stat runner, so he would grab the, the stats off the scoreboard, off the uh, scores table uh, right after halftime or after the games and get them back to the to the media workroom to then be distributed out. And he took a lot of pride in it. He learned uh, so many different great things, got to hear all the different press conferences, got to see how people carry themselves, got to experience the early, early mornings and the late, late nights when it comes to, to big events. And uh, I'll give him credit. He didn't take any shortcuts throughout and um, was treated just like every other worker as, as part of it. And, and I think came out of it really um, enjoying it and, and thinking that this could be his future. Uh, on our car ride home, he talked about how he already missed it and couldn't wait for the next opportunity to be involved in an event like that. A proud papa. I know you certainly were over the weekend getting a chance to watch him. And as a runner, I'm sure he beat our 40 time when we did that at the Super Bowl experience. I'm sure that his 40 time is much better than ours was as he was sprinting back and forth to get those stats to the media. That's right. And never once dropped the stats. I mean, he, he pitched a perfect game pretty much, but he yes. wasn't the only one working now. There were some others. You, I know, had an opportunity to do a pretty cool fan piece. You can check out on our, our social media channels to really hear from a variety of different fans. And then Joey Johnston as well was pumping out stories every day, talking to fans, talking to the commissioner, talking to to so many different people involved in the event. And there was some great storytelling around the event. That's for sure. Yeah. I would encourage you all to go read Joey's uh, story uh, of the completion of the tournament after Tennessee cut down the nets. You uh, obviously he's such a talented journalist and, and an unbelievable writer, but you know, 
you felt like you were there. And, and the way the imagery that he uses in his writing, the way he crafted that piece, uh, you know, the anecdotal, you know, lead, the way he tied it back in on the end. I'm getting all, you know, intricate here in terms of the journalistic terms, but Joey did an excellent job on that piece and feature. Go check out his work, tampabaysports.org. Um, my feature, talking to some SEC fans, getting their uh, opinions on the time that they were having in Tampa. I had a lot of fun with those guys out there as SEC Nation invaded the Bay. You could check that out on the Sports Commission's YouTube page. It's up on Twitter as well uh, and on our Facebook page too. Um, overall, Rob, I just think an excellent job by everybody involved, all the teams here. It came together perfectly. And I think if you asked any SEC fan that was heading to the airport on their way back home, they didn't want to leave. They wanted to stay in the sunshine and hit up the beaches. And I'm sure they'd be excited if we can get some more SEC events here in town in the future. That's for sure. I mean, it was just such an honor. The SEC is such a special league. We've talked about it last week. I think certainly known for football, but have they've put so much emphasis on all their other sports, including men's basketball. And I, I think we just were really fortunate to be the benefactors of that over the last week to see the, the passion for um, for all of the different games and from all the different fan bases. It was it was truly special and, and something we will never forget. You know, I think those SEC fans learned that we're not just a retirement town here in Tampa Bay, that we've got a lot to offer. Speaking of retirement, it seems like uh, those that are here in Tampa Bay aren't quick to hang up the cleats. Mr. Tom Brady, the GOAT, uh, the greatest of all time and the quarterback of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, deciding after 40 days he was going to give up football for Lent, but now he's back. He is back, baby, as the quarterback of the Bucs, returning for his 23rd season uh, here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFL, obviously 23 years here in the league. Uh, Rob, that had to make you pretty excited when you heard the news uh, after the SEC championship that TB12 was heading on back to the Bucs. Oh, I was excited, relieved, all of those different uh, emotions as part of it. I can tell you, as a fan, naturally really pumped up. As a sports marketer, you're over the moon because – as you saw immediately when the news broke, the world's eyes were back on, on Tampa Bay in a, in a really big way. I mean, you see so many different hits, whether it's our good buddy Sarah Walsh with NFL Network or Jenna Lane with ESPN. All of a sudden, you know, they had to drop everything and they had a million hits throughout the day. Everybody talking about the Buccaneers in, in Tampa Bay. So certainly I'm excited to uh, to hopefully see them um, win two out of three right now, uh, but but just from a sheer marketing and visibility standpoint, the wins are already racking up, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's awesome for for the the area, obviously in Tampa Bay. The buzz now is back with Brady returning to to the Buccaneers here, and uh, you know I mean you see the Super Bowl odds; those shot up. The, the odds to win the division, the odds to win the NFC. I mean, TB twelve makes that big of an impact, obviously, when he comes back. And I remember Brady saying a few years back about retirement. He goes, "I'll retire when I suck." Well, it was clear after this year, he didn't suck. He was damn good this year as the quarterback of the Bucs and obviously had that slip up in the playoffs uh, before getting to, to, you know, the NFC Championship game and then and then eventually hopefully the Super Bowl there. But this seems like an opportunity here. They got a lot of free agents coming back for Tampa Bay. You've got Brady back in the fold. The defense looks good again. You've got a lot of players re-signing. I mean, this Bucs squad has a legitimate shot now to make a run at another Lombardi here, as you mentioned, Rob, second and three years. Yeah, Ryan Jensen, Carlton Davis, and I'm sure there's going to be more help on the way. And speaking of 
of Buccaneers. One of my all-time favorite Buccaneers is helping lead the way for the Valspar Championship. He's a man of many hats, including being the general chair for the Valspar Championship. Let's sit down with our good friend, Rondé Barber. Rondé, thanks so much for for joining us. I I don't think the average listener would know exactly what goes in to be in the general chair. So help me out here and explain to the listeners what your duties are this week with the Valspar Championship. Uh, My duties basically are to answer every call from our tournament director, Tracy West. (laughs) (laughs) Good man. Good man. (laughs) I'm I'm a a dutiful soldier uh, this week. But yeah, general chairman, um, you know, this is my first year as general chair. I was vice chair last two years to Jim Ice from Penny Pool. So I I got I got a first hand uh, first row seat to, to what goes into it. And a lot of it for me. Uh, is just being the face of, uh, of of our organization of Copperhead Charities, uh, doing things like this, right, and getting in front of uh, our big sponsors, Valspar and Sherwin Williams, this week, uh, and making sure that they're they're having the time that they're supposed to be having uh, for hosting this golf tournament. Um, but a lot of it's also interacting with the players, um, making sure that I get to our hospitalities, uh, and uh, ensuring that you know that we're we're putting on the event that we that we and anticipated putting on and so far so good this uh this week ronde this is one of my favorite events favorite events of tampa bay Uh, rob do you want to you want to cut in here for a sec i just was going to interject a lot of people probably don't remember but ronde was the chair of the 2008 acc football championship (laughs) right and there's there's probably more people on this podcast right now than actually went to the game (laughs) that day but we, he hung in there. He was awesome. Did a fantastic job. It's hard to believe that was 14 years ago. And I, and I did, you mentioned Tracy West. I, I did just want to specifically recognize her. Um, if people don't know the name, she does a fantastic job. Uh, has been a great partner to ours. You know, maybe just share a few words and thoughts about how great it is to have a tournament director like Tracy West leading an event like this right in our backyard. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I don't know a lot about how other tournaments are run, but from what I've gathered talking to other people in the business, she is the best tournament director on the PGA tour. Uh, not only does she run our event, she does the uh, Wells Fargo event at Quill Hollow uh, in Charlotte, which is actually in DC this year uh, because of the president's cup. And she also is a big part of the 3M. So Tracy is uh, the hardest working person I've ever been around. I don't think she sleeps to be honest, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but, but managing her staff, uh, her ProLink staff and the, and the staff here uh, at, at Innisbrook is it's, it's a big job and she does it pretty fa- flawlessly. Uh, and she keeps her energy and, 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 and really uh, informs the Copperheads and specifically the board about all the goings ons here. Now, technically, she'll say that I'm her boss because I'm general chair of, of the host organization. But I, I, I know how it really works and how the sausage is made. And I, I am definitely uh, running second fiddle <laughs> to, to, to Tracy West. And she's an excellent promoter of the event too. I mean, Rhonda had a chance to go to the ACM awards in Vegas with, yep. with Chris, you know, young, who's, who's a friend of mine. And she's messaging me during the awards. We're so excited to have him play on Saturday. Like she is, she is constantly in tournament mode uh, and one of the biggest ambassadors we have. And, and Rhonda, as I was saying, this is one of my favorite events in Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. the Valspar championship. Uh, it brings all kinds of people. The event's awesome. The gallery is incredible. The yep. field of, of golfers is, is amazing. 
you know, in terms of, of you, I mean, I remember two years ago, we got together in, in, you know, in Rob's office downtown and we were talking about the 2020 Valspar championship. And then obviously the pandemic hit. Uh, How excited are you to finally kind of get that full atmosphere in terms of a full gallery at at the Valspar championship, but to really feel like this tournament is back uh, to, to its original form here. at Ryan, I'm glad you said that because that's exactly how we've been promoting ourselves in this tournament. The, the entire uh, part of first part of this year, we're back, you know, we're back to hundred percent. We have all of our activities. The build is bigger than it's ever been. Right. And in a couple of that with uh, having the best field that I can remember, uh, probably our strongest field since, you know, uh, 2012 or so. Um, uh, it's going to make this a, a fantastic week. You know, one of the things, um, one of our challenges always is um, making sure that uh, not only that we entertain the, our big sponsors, but that we entertain our, our normal patrons, our grounds, our grounds patrons. And I think this year, because we went bigger on our bill, because we said we're back to normal, we're going to build it, see if they come type of mantra, right? Um, uh, our ticket sales were out of, out, out of, out of control uh, these last three weeks, which is a good thing for us. Now, one of the things, you, unique things that we do here is we, we have about six or seven, maybe eight, I think this year, uh, um, um, hospitality that, that's open to the public. They can just go walk up on the 10th tee and, and have loungers sitting there watching guys tee off. Obviously, the Chameleon Cove uh, on the back of three green. Um, you can upgrade your ticket and go into the Hooters Owl's Nest, right, if you if you want to. But there's so many decks. Horse Social is open to the public. That's a great, great split place. Josh Sellers on ninth green. The, we, we never had these venues before. And I think when people get to the tournament this week, they're going to see it's not just for the big sponsors. It's for everybody. Uh, and then you said it, Chris Young and Big and Rich on Saturday night. You get a great you have a you have a ticket into the tournament Saturday. You're going to a concert. And I think it's going to be perfect weather and they're going to put on a great show. Ronde, are tickets still available and how do people get them? Oh, yeah. You can go to the go to the website. Actually, if you want tickets, the, the easiest way to do it is to download the Valspar Championship app from 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 whatever store uh, you're using and you can buy them right right online. Uh, somewhere out there, you can probably find it, Rob, and share it. There's some video of this guy talking about that. <laughs> I, I got a little scared there. When you said, uh, if you want tickets, I was scared you were going to say, call Rob's cell phone. So oh, there you go. You didn't, yes. you didn't which means, which let me, means let me, people Let me look up your number and put it website. out there. Yeah, let me yeah, put yeah. That number, your number, put it on, put it out let, there. Let, let's do that. <laughs> Rondé, I'm curious. One, your golf game. I want to know how good of a golfer you are. And number two, one of your former teammates. Give me the best golfer among your former Bucks teammates of who could really, really crush him on the links. God, probably the best that I remember way back in the day was Trent. Trent Dilfer could play golf. Uh, I don't know how he plays now. I haven't played with him in 20 Dilfer dimes on the golf course, baby. He could play. He could play. Um, Best golfer that I played with, probably Barrett Root, to be honest with you. And, and he's had a couple of shoulder surgeries, so his swings like real short now. But it, it, it he's actually better. Uh, but me, my last two rounds, Ryan, I shot even and one over. So I'm playing pretty good right now. Well done, just, baby. Just well in time done. for just in time for this. Yes. <laughs> and your daughter had a huge goal the other day. Yeah. For William yeah. and Mary, and I understand you were able to be there and uh, and watch it. Yeah, we we spent some time actually right before the, the these commitments started to take over. We we spent some time up in in, in Williamsburg. She had three home games. Um, she's getting some playing time. Yeah, 
She uh, she's only got the one goal yet, but she's uh, she's getting some time. She's figuring out college lacrosse, uh, but she's doing well. So I, uh, uh, you know, she's a big golfer too. But she she chose that the other sport instead instead of golf. Rhonda, we've got a we've got our, our interview with Chris Young coming up here on the podcast. I'm just curious. You a big country guy? Like we're gonna hear you jamming out when when Chris I, and Big and Rich hit the stage? I am not a huge country guy, but my wife. <laughs> loves country she's yes. most excited of, of anybody in our family to to watch this thing but you know what i big and big and rich uh, are legendary right they've been around for 30 years man um you know uh, save a horse ride a cowboy <laughs> yes <laughs> that's look at that um, he's, got, he's got some country knowledge um, i love and, it and, and chris and chris young uh, is that is actually had gained steam over the last two years. We know we've had these guys booked. You know, you talked about the 2020 year when the pandemic, we we were shut down right before, right as the pandemic was starting. We had these guys booked then in 2020. And then last year, uh, we didn't do a concert because of, um, you know, in the interest of safety and all these other COVID protocols. We just didn't want to gather that many people together. So we've had, we've paid for these guys three years ago and now we're finally getting a chance to see, to see them. And in that time, Chris Young has gotten really big. So we're, we're very excited. This, uh, this is going to be a fun Saturday here. You got in at the, at the right time for sure. Well, yep. uh, one thing I did want to hit on before we let you go is the number one mission of the tournament is sure. to create dollars for charities. Yep, And you guys have had such an impact on local charities. And I don't think you get the recognition that you deserve for that. So maybe just some insight into yeah. why that's so important to the Copperheads and, and what you're looking to accomplish on that front. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great point, Rob. And it's not something that we're ever uh, shy to talk about because this tournament started uh, 45 years ago. Uh, it was the Pepsi Cola Classic at Bardmore Country Club or something. But this group, the same group, is the ones that, that put it on. And since then, you know, that was Dick Daly. You know, Dick Daly just passed away recently. And, you know, he spearheaded that that deal. And he was part of our tournament for 40 plus years as an ambassador and whatnot. Uh, he's, he, he was one of our past general chairs. Um, but since then, since 1970, uh, 1977, uh, this this tournament has raised close to forty seven million dollars for local local charities, just local charities, uh, and that's that's one of our challenges as well. I was going to mention that a few minutes ago. Um, that yes, we put on a big build. You know, we put put together a lot of money into our build. It's about a fifty two million dollar economic impact uh, uh, every single year. Uh, and and out of that, you know, we still try to give two million dollars to local charities, even though our biggest sponsor, Valspar Sherwin Williams, based out of Chicago, and Valspar out of Cleveland. You know, we give all our money here, and, and I think that's the most impactful thing. We're, we're 501c3, obviously, all host organizations on the PGA Tour, 501c3. So our, our main goal, after we put on a heck of an event and try to have a great time, is to, is to generate dollars for, for, for our local charities. And we've done a really good job of keeping that our main focus, in, despite trying to put on a big, big show uh, during the week. So you get a chance to see five of the top 10 golfers in the world and then also give back to charity when you buy your house bar ticket. Yep. And that's what we want people to understand. Yep, absolutely. This year, actually, John Ashcraft, who's my uh, vice chair this year, he had a he, he had a good suggestion. We put those big signs in every, every gate. Forty seven million dollars going to charity, you know, one point six million dollars in twenty twenty one. What are we going to have this year? Uh, and uh, that that is our that is our focus. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that you that you that you mentioned that. 
I'm here to help, Rondé. Anytime. You're good at your job, Rob. You're good at your job. Is now the time where we give out Rob's cell phone number? Or is yes, that, is exactly. That okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to see. You know what I want to see? I want to see Rob come out here on Thursday wearing some green because it's St. Patty's Day. This is we, we got some interesting activations going on this week. And uh, we can do green, that as a USF green. bull. I got plenty of green. There you go. I got a kilt I may or may not be wearing. So Oh, oh, Thursday. This is why you got to get your Thursday tickets to the Valspar Championship, right. ladies and gentlemen. To see Ronde in a kilt, which you'll never ever see again, I'm sure, after Thursday. I think I think I, I think I ran a 5K in a kilt one year. Okay. And it was not very fun because it was kind of hot. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of chafing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rhonda, we appreciate you joining us. We know you got to get back to your duties here this week. Congratulations. I know the week's underway. It's already going really well. Yep. Uh, and we can't wait to see it all unfold. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you, Ryan, too, for having me on. Uh, you guys are the best. Love your podcast. Whenever you need me, just ask for me. Rhonda's the best, man. I mean, he wears so many hats in this community, Rob. And, and obviously this role uh, here with the Valspar Championship up in Innisbrook, he's going to thrive in it. And it's going to be an awesome tournament coming up this weekend. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you better go grab them because it's going to be fun at the, uh, at the Copperhead course. Yeah, it's an awesome event and he's an awesome leader. He's one of the most brilliant guys I've known. I've been fortunate. I, I referenced the ACC football championship. I really got to know him. Uh, through the bid process for that back in, in 2005. So I've known him a couple decades now. Uh, he does so much stuff for the community that really goes unrecognized. And this is another great example. And, and if we can help shine a light on just how much Valspar is doing uh, for charity, we want to do that. And actually, Rondé's at the forefront of that. Can I tell you the most nervous I've ever been in my career, Rob? Because it involves Rondé Barber. Sure. Let's hear. So, so I was hosting his retirement ceremony uh, at One Buck Place live on Bright House Sports Network back in the day when he was having his retirement uh, announcement. And I remember uh, it was supposed to be, I believe, at noon, like right on the dot at noon. So we went up live on Bright House Sports Network with yours truly in the room as the only one talking for the record in a room full of Hall of Famers, owners, media brethren, uh, and the likes. I was the only one speaking at 11.59 a.m. Well, the retirement ceremony got pushed back five minutes and then 10 minutes and then 15 minutes. And keep in mind, yours truly is still talking and opining and discussing Rondé Barber and going over the notes over and over again that I already had on my notepad. And I'll tell you, the sweat was dripping down my face. I was nervous as can be. I saw all eyes on me. I think I did a pretty good job. And then finally, you know, uh, Rondé comes out for a ceremony. But I will tell you, that was, uh, that was the fastest my heart has, has ever beat in my career. Well, I don't want to try to one-up you, but I'll give you a quick Rondé story that's very similar to that is I was in the room with all the athletic directors from around the ACC presenting for the ACC football championship. We're up against a bunch of other cities. And my phone rings as I'm doing the PowerPoint, my phone rings in the middle of the meeting. And you hear a bunch of the athletic directors basically scoff and being like, why is this kid got his phone on in the meeting? And not only did it ring, but I answered it. And I 
at, in the middle of this bid presentation. I think at that point, they all were ruling us out, checking us off the list, saying, if this kid's going to answer his phone in the middle of a bid presentation, we're not taking the event there. And I said, uh-huh, yeah, no, that's great. No, it's going really well. We are crushing this presentation. It's going awesome. Well, and then I said, I paused and I said, well, if it meant so much to you and you're going to ask all these questions and question how it's going, why wouldn't you have been here? And in through the door on the phone walks Rondé Barber and he gave one of the greatest speeches on the student athlete experience and what it would be like at Raymond James Stadium and running out the tunnel at Ray J and why uh, we were going to do such a good job to host the event. We end up getting awarded it for the next two years. The rest is history. Let's but a go. fun look inside the bid presentation and how Rondé played a big role in it. That's awesome, man. And, and Rondé's obviously been a huge Team Tampa Bay member ever since his days playing with the Bucks, number 20. Uh, one of the greatest to ever suit up uh, in, in NFL history, let alone in Bucks history. And so uh, certainly great. A little nervous moment there for you and for me. Uh, I've also been nervous when I got a chance to meet uh, one of my favorite country artists back in 2015 uh, when I was hosting Fantasy Football Today for CBS Sports. And in walks Chris Young to promote the I'm Coming Over album. Uh, Chris was only supposed to spend about an hour with our crew. He spent eight hours because he was having so much fun. And he looked at me as we were sitting there watching games and he said, you have the coolest job in the world. And I looked back at him and I said, you have the coolest job in the world. And that birthed an awesome friendship that has led to us doing a podcast, the quad with Chris Young. And of course he will be performing at the Valspar championship this Saturday with big and rich. Here is the one and only Chris Young here on the game day, everyday podcast. Well, Rob, on this podcast, at least you're my second best friend because I've got my other BFF joining me here. My other quad partner and co-host on the quad with Chris Young, obviously RCA recording artist and country music superstar Chris Young joining us. He's going to be playing at Valspar this weekend on Saturday for the big concert after the tournament. CY, it's good to have you here on, on my other podcast, man. I, I feel like this is all we do during the week. You, well, you record music, but I do podcasts, so. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sitting outside of a studio right now. There's uh, there's guys waiting on me to come back in so we can track some more, uh, some more music. But I love getting to be on yours for once, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. And and Rob, the CEO of the Sports Commission here, and obviously knows Valspar well. See why this has been two years in the making, man. I mean, you were supposed to play, obviously, in March of 2020, and, and the show got postponed and the tournament got postponed. So how excited are you to, to get down to, to Tampa and Palm Harbor, play at Innisbrook, and, and get to finally get that show uh, you know under your belt here? Yeah, I mean, one, first and foremost, uh, you know, I, I would have rather played it in 2020. Uh, obviously, that was out of my control, but uh, very much looking forward to that and, and kicking things off. This is really kind of the the second weekend of my year, I think, so far touring. I've been holed up in the studio, so being able to get down to uh, the Valspar and, and hang out with you guys and, and play some country music is going to be fun. Cut to the brass tacks here. What are some great Ryan Bass stories? We know you're close. Like, I, I want to know about, like, some late night on Broadway or off of Broadway where things got oh. hectic and we can we can really expose the <laughs> listeners to what Ryan's like. They only know Ryan for, like, his sports anchoring down here, and now they know he's an influencer. Chris, if you need any liquid IV, <laughs> you can get his promo code for 12%. Yeah. Off. But, like, please, let me know hey, a great Ryan, Ryan Bass story. 
Ryan, how how close are we? What 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 should I tell? What should I not tell? <sighs> There's been a lot of stories, Rob. <laughs> I I don't know if the, all the stories are PG for our podcast here. Um, but Chris has some some photos of me that could be potentially damaging, uh, you know, down on Demumbrian. There's there's been let's just say there's been you know a few late nights where we've we've had a good time. Let me put it this way: there's been more than one occasion where we have decided to uh, try and make Ryan miss a flight, possibly by randomly hiding Smirnoff Ices places where he would find them and then have to take a knee and drink them. <laughs> So uh, there, there's been a couple nights like that. <laughs> I, I love it. You guys aren't giving up any of the good stories, but I get it. I get it. Uh, <laughs> we know he probably has some stories about you as well. So that's it's all good. I understand the uh, the, the the trade you guys have going on here. We all, all we know all we're all we know where all the skeletons are buried. We, that's the, <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> Go that's ahead. Right. I just I, yeah. I specifically remember your first trip to to Nashville, yeah. Ryan. I do, yeah, I do too. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have this weekend, as Ryan referenced, the, the intersection of sports and music. I know you're a huge sports fan, Chris. Um, you know, you're seeing it more and more. Where at sporting events. Uh, they're bringing in great artists like yourself. Uh, how much do you enjoy it when you get a chance to to play an event like Valspar where, um, you know, there's obviously a lot of great golf fans there and sports fans in general? Yeah, I mean, I love it. Like you said, it is that kind of intersection of, of sports and music, right? Uh, that's two of the things we talk about on, on the podcast uh, every week, me and Ryan and our friends Haley and Josh. So, it's something that I'm I'm well versed in. I'm also probably among my friends who uh, all got really good at golf uh, during you know pandemic times. I'm probably the worst golfer, but I know when to pick my ball up if I'm going out with uh, with the boys. So uh, I, I'll at least dress the part and show up on time. I'm not running late to tee time. But who's the best golfer then? If you're the worst, like who's the best one you've played with? And I'm, I may not be the worst, but I'm definitely in that that bottom tier. Uh, actually, my buddy Tyler Reeve, uh, who wrote "In Case You Didn't Know" and and has had a, a bunch of other hits on the radio, and um, has written stuff with me that's been on my albums. It's songwriter and uh, actually is doing a thing where I believe that it's called playing through, where they will go out to to golf courses and and bring friends and do writers rounds. And I uh, have like an artist with him. Uh, he kind of got into that because he's that good at golf. So he basically parlayed him being really good at golf to playing these courses, to meeting everybody. And then he's a, he's a pretty savvy business guy. So you have a prediction for this weekend's Valspar championship on who may take it home. You know, we've got Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka, uh, you know, Dustin Johnson. We've got some great names coming. In addition to the great name of Chris Young that's playing on Saturday <laughs> night. Uh, do, you, do you have somebody that'll take it home? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't know why I feel this way, but I mean, Brooks Kepka is always in the mix and uh, I, I think he's got a pretty good shot on it. He's got pretty good biceps. I mean, it's always good to see him flexing out there and on the tee box because there's just no one with bigger biceps than Brooks out there at the Valspar. Why are, All right. why are you noticing Brooks Kepka's biceps? I, just, I think everybody does, man. 
Everybody does, you know. He's got he's got this massive physique. He's built like a linebacker, and he plays uh, he plays golf. Uh, any set list preview, Chris, that we can give some of the the listeners here to the Game Day Everyday podcast of what we could expect on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, obviously, gonna gonna play the hits. Um, if anybody's listened to any of my music, uh, you know, they're gonna hear stuff from all the way from getting you home to losing sleep to I'm coming over and. Uh, but I'm also going to throw in like one or two things they wouldn't normally hear that are on the new record. So we worked up a couple of those and uh, who knows, there might be a surprise for everybody. We like to, uh, I like to at least negotiate with our guests, you know, something that's in my favor. So do I get a shout out this weekend at Valspar? Is that something that's in the cards too? (laughs) For sure. I'll give you a shout out. (laughs) Chris, we, we appreciate you taking the time. We know you got to get back in the studio. I can tell you. So many of the listeners, so many of the folks around town here are so excited to hear you. As Ryan referenced, it's been a couple years in the making. There's a lot of buzz about your performance on, on Saturday night. We, we all can't wait to see it. Well, thank you guys for getting the word out about it. And um, love what you guys do. I've gotten to, uh, to to catch up on some of it, obviously, with Ryan being involved. But uh, it's, it's a really great podcast you guys have going on. And uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate you, Thanks, buddy. Chris. Thanks for not sharing any uh, any bad stories about me. I, I, I the check is in the mail. So. You, you Thanks, held buddy. strong. That's got to be worth some liquid IV for you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Always good to talk to Chris. Again, go check out the Quad with Chris Young. Actually, if you head to our Instagram page uh, at the Quad Podcast, we just put up our bracket challenge. I don't know how many brackets you filled out, Rob, but if you want in, the link is on our Instagram story. You can join our free bracket challenge. You can compete against myself, Chris, Haley, Josh, everybody from the Quad Podcast. Uh, We don't have a prize yet for the winner. We will announce that soon. But if you'd like to be a part of it, you're more than welcome. I actually have now filled out both a men's bracket and a women's bracket and i'm curious to know if you have done the same yet i have filled out a men's bracket haven't filled out my women's bracket yet but i do have my final four picks for both are we ready to get into that here as we embark on march madness coming up on thursday let's do it all right i need to hear your men's final four for this year as we crown a champion in new orleans who you got rob i'm gonna take gonzaga out of the west Chalk. And then, and this isn't just because Commissioner Greg Sankey is on this week's podcast and because we just hosted their event. The remaining three teams all come from the Southeastern Conference. <laughs> I'm going to take Kentucky, <laughs> okay. Tennessee, and Auburn. And I'm going to have Kentucky and Auburn advance to the final with Auburn winning. Wow. So, Auburn, who was this upset is not in the politics. SEC tournament. This is not okay. brown nosing. This is, I have watched these teams play now, and I feel, at a, I've seen them all season long. I feel like I know their parts. I feel like they're ready for deep runs. And if anything, I hope the commissioner is not mad at me for not making an all-Final Four SEC uh, tournament in New Orleans here. I understood you had to throw a little bit of, of unbiased there with, with the Gonzaga. Yeah, I, honestly, cool. I just kind of threw in Gonzaga to give it a yeah, little more credibility. That. I was staring Bama down hard coming out of the West <laughs> to do all four, but I felt like I would lose a lot of credibility if I did all four. So I'm going to go 75% SEC in New Orleans. 
How about I will you? tell you, as I asked Commissioner Sankey during our interview about the strength of the Southeastern Conference, uh, he he rolled off a lot of statistics about the number one teams they've beaten and the strength of their schedule and the quad one wins and how he believes there's going to be some teams there uh, at the end in New Orleans uh, that are competing for the championship. I, too, have two SEC teams in my final four. Now, I'm not going all four SEC teams or three like you have it, but I've got Gonzaga coming out as well. I think the Zags, by the way, they had the most tournament wins of any team over the past five years. I think this is the year where they finally start to piece things together. The two SEC teams I've got coming out of their brackets and regions, Kentucky, I was very impressed with the Wildcats and what I saw from John Calipari. I understand that Tennessee beat them in that semifinal matchup, but John Calipari's team at one point uh, last month looked like the best team in America. And I think they're just getting hot at the right time. Tennessee, by the way, I mean, this has been a top five basketball team in college basketball since February 1st. They obviously won the SEC tournament. They've been excellent. They are also getting into my final four. And the last team, Rob, and this is a little sentimental to me because I, I kind of searched through it. I'm like, all right, who's the final team that I want to crack my final four? And this was the first place I ever moved out of college. So I feel like I, I have a little bit of sentimental value here. The Iowa Hawkeyes are going to come out and make the final four here. Uh, the Big Ten tournament champs are going to make some noise. Uh, I see them as being one of those teams that gets out. So Gonzaga, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Iowa is your final four. And I've got Kentucky lifting the trophy this year is John Calipari. Ten years removed from Anthony Davis winning a title in New Orleans, wins it again this year uh, and, and gets another national championship under his belt. He still gave the SEC some props, so I appreciate it. Hopefully that saves space with Commissioner Sankey. We, we, we did. Now on the women's side, I know you haven't had a chance. I do want to get these on record. Because it's some, there's some bold predictions involved. I've got Stanford, UConn, Louisville, and a certain Cinderella team from Fowler Avenue, our USF Bulls, making the Final Four. Of course. Jose Fernandez done a fantastic job. He's got that matchup with Miami in the first round. It's from Miami. Um, I really like their chances to go ahead and advance. I see the skepticism in your eyes, but I'm just mm -hmm. going to keep talking kind of like you did with Rondé, his mm -hmm. retirement ceremony, and just keep it going. <laughs> and uh, I like our, I like my four predictions there. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show before you have a chance to insert Speaking of women's final four, <laughs> you are uh, not Claire and I you are, are not running through there. my predictions, sir. You are not running. Claire I was... and I are headed to Minneapolis for the women's <laughs> final four this year. You know, we're hosting in 2025. Uh, we can't wait to see what they do in Minneapolis. The following week, we'll be headed to the frozen four in Boston. And uh, I look forward to our next episode where we're going to talk a little bit about both of those trips. It's going to be exciting to hear about that, especially after you attend the women's final four where UCF will be crowned the national champions because the Knights uh, beating the Bulls, by the way, in the ACC title game to win their first outright ACC championship in program history. Uh, they will be a final four team this year after beating UConn in their bracket and getting out of their first round matchup here with the Florida Gators. Let's go, baby. UCF crowned the national champs this year. Diamond Battles leads the crew. Let's go. Let's go. We'll March Madness. We'll see who's right on the next episode. You got to stay tuned.